Hey friends, Dave here on behalf of Matt and Abby. Thanks so much for listening in as always. Uh, due to some unforeseen scheduling conflicts between, uh, well, some of us traveling and some of us having other responsibilities in the summer months, uh, we did not have time to get into the studio to record a new episode this week. Uh, we hope to be back next week again. So for today, we've got one out of the archives. Um, this was a question that came to us uh, this past year from some of our students that we get to serve here, um, future teachers that they are. And this one was one of our most listened to episodes from throughout the fall. Um, it's about, yeah, what, what do you do when it all seems like just too much as a teacher? And we hope that this is a word of encouragement uh, for all of you who are serving as K-12 educators or whatever role you serve in education, that uh, this will be a breath of fresh air for you and maybe a word of encouragement that's deeply needed. So I'll play a little music and then we'll jump into the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Our deep hope is to create safe space for all of us to learn together. And our desire is that you might be encouraged in your work and encouraged to go back to your classroom, your staff room, your boardroom, or your hallway and play around a bit. And while teaching and education is a serious business, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. Whether on the podcast or in the hallway, we like to poke fun and laugh, and we also try to carry each other's burdens and we think this is what it means to live in Christian community. If you are new to Hallway Conversations, the general format is one is that one of us brings a question and we explore our own thinking. We also appreciate getting questions from you, our listeners. So if you have time, please email us or send us a recording of your question to hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Dave, I believe we have a couple of questions, maybe linked together, yeah. from two of our listeners. So do you mind sharing those? I'll, I'll read it. So this one came in via email. This was kind of exciting. This is, we found out we have some of our students who are listening to the podcast, which is marvelous and I also love it. kind of right. weird. Right? And there's no money exchanging ads. Correct. Yes. Like they're they, doing this on their own volition. Yes. And last week, I literally saw them huddled in the back of one of my classrooms, <laughs> and they're like, we're sending you a question. Yeah, yeah. It was so oh, great. Man. So this is, this is a lot of fun. And, and when I was reading the, the checking the email that we had this one from some two of our students. So this is coming to us from Sydney and Christiana. Thank you, ladies, for for uh, writing in. Here's the questions that they ask, and I'll just read them aloud, and let's play with them. Maybe we'll take them yeah. one at a time. But there's two, and they're kind of linked together. So um, here's the question: uh, Say we as teachers find ourselves in a school in which the environment and relationships among colleagues is less than positive. While we love the students we're with, we also notice that this negative environment is affecting our emotional well-being and how we feel being in the school. How do we balance a devotion to our students' learning as well as the more professional side of working with fellow faculty? Should we stay in this environment or should we look for other opportunities? So that's a big question. And then kind of a related one, um, they say we're in our senior year of college and we're starting to look for education jobs. What are the most important questions we should ask during interviews? And I love mm -hmm. both of those. So okay, let's maybe tackle the first one, though, right? So if yeah. we're in a negative environment, we're realizing, like, we love the kids that we're working with, but we're maybe in kind of a negative uh, environment with colleagues. What do we do with that? Should we stay in this environment? Should we look for other opportunities? And did they ask, and just to clarify, Dave, in the question, did they say, like, they noticed that this was having an impact on their own emotional It does well say that in there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think it was a little bit of a hypothetical. Yeah. But, but right. yeah. So, yeah, hypothetically so speaking. If, they, if you notice that it's starting yeah, to negatively yeah. impact you, what do we do? What do yeah, you like, like, to me, that's a, the reason I clarified that, because I think that's a really important line, actually. Yeah. Um, like, 
we need to be in a place where like for us to for us to be we need to be well as teachers yeah and for us to help our students be well emotionally spiritually like because part of teaching right we know this is so much more than just teaching content right, right? you are you are partnering with parents um in in raising these kids with they're with you six or seven hours a day and so yeah that there's for sure a level of dedication and commitment but you know you talked earlier this season day or last season about the emotional labor of teaching yeah right right it right. it takes its toll i mean now more than ever we know this from friends of, of how difficult it is just with covid mm -hmm. for for other yeah. reasons and I, and i guess i'm beginning to think more and more that um, teachers, in order to pour into students and to give them what they require beyond the content, um, that if we're not emotionally and physically well, um, it, it becomes virtually impossible. It's not. It's not good for ourselves as children, children of God, like to if we're not flourishing. But then it's also it's it's impossible for that not to impact your teaching. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it's going mm -hmm. to do something to you as a teacher mm -hmm. um, right. so that's so that's the first thing i guess that's jumping out, out mm -hmm. to me is um yeah like we, we need to flourish like and you need to be flourishing at some level in order to do well in the classroom right i don't know abby yeah i when i was thinking about this question a, a resource came to my mind that i sometimes share with my senior students and so mm -hmm. Um, Christiana and Sydney, you might get this again in class, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, that's but great. yeah, but I'm going to share it now too. It's, it's actually written by um, a gal named Jennifer Gonzalez, and she runs the blog Cult of Pedagogy. Have yeah, any of yeah. you ever oh, it's been on stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And she has um, a piece on there, and it's actually a piece of creative writing called Find Your Marigold, The One mm. Essential Rule for New Teachers. And I'm just going to read a very short excerpt that kind of gets at the essence of um, this text. So it says, Many experienced gardeners follow a concept called companion planting, placing certain vegetables and plants near each other to improve growth for one or both plants. For example, rose growers plant garlic near their roses because it repels bugs and prevents fungal diseases. Among companion plants, the marigold is one of the best. It protects a wide variety of plants from pests and harmful weeds. If you plant a marigold beside most any garden vegetable, that vegetable will grow big and strong and healthy, protected and encouraged by its marigold. Marigolds exist in our schools as well, encouraging, supporting, and nurturing growing teachers on their way to maturity. If you can find at least one marigold in your school and stay close to them, you will grow. Find more than one and you will positively thrive. And then um, she spends the rest of the piece kind of identifying other plants that exist in schools, mm, right? Sure. Like beware of the walnut trees who kind of suck every the life out of everything, yeah. which, you know, um, and then there's some other like types, right? Like Kid Hate and Kate and Retirement Dan, and, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> right? The ones who's like two ways, you know, yeah. two days away from retiring all the time. I'm out of here. Just wait. Yeah. Um, 20 page Tina, who's got like impossible standards and, um, Hattie who hates the principal, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> My time, I'm Margaret. Who counts the number of minutes she got for lunch, right? Um, you yeah. know, so, and it just says, like, get what you can where you can. So take what you can from people, but find yeah. those people mm. who are willing to pour into you and help you right, thrive. Yeah. And I just, when I hear that question, I think, 
don't believe that that any place is full of completely bad, right? Like yeah. you have to yeah. seek out and yeah. find the people who are going to nurture you in any place yeah. because you're not going to find a place, right? Where we're imperfect people. Right. So I don't know that you're going to find, like, it might be a better fit somewhere else, but I also encourage you, if you find yourself in that situation, to say, okay, who here can I go to, right? right? Who is the person that so, like, that I could grow next to? I'm hearing you kind of say, like, bloom where you're planted to right, some degree, kind of, right? To pick some, up on the flower yes, analogy. Yes, and that's but, not right? to make light of what you were talking about yeah, either, no, right? right? There are some situations that become yeah. untenable. Yeah, totally. Um, well, and I think that's And I'm not saying stay. No, no, but I, I do absolutely not. Like I, and I do think, like, for me, I right away thought of one of Dave's answers sometimes when I, when I ask him a question is, is, is it depends. Yeah, and, and totally. Part of the, and yeah, part of it totally. depends how you're wired. Like, yeah. Yeah. I had a discussion in one of my grad ed classes last night about, about the question was, um, what brought you to your job and what keeps you there? Oh, yeah. And then how important is culture mm-hmm. to, to keeping you there or, or, um, having you leave, but but one of the things that came up was like there's some people who are wired where when they're in that situation where they feel like they're in the middle of a negative culture, yeah. like they thrive, like they want to be part of turning the way right. they're wired is I'm gonna step right into that yeah. and I'm gonna be part I'm gonna be part of the solution. Right. And there's other people for the way they're wired is to say this is untenable and for my own best interest and it doesn't make you a selfish person. I want to no. be. No. I'm really clear about that no. for for my own well-being and actually for the well-being of my students. Um, this is untenable, and I actually I actually have to remove myself right. from this situation. And and neither is actually no. wrong. Like one is not being this is yeah. one is stronger, one is weaker. What no. no. one, one is just knowing is just knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it doesn't mean it's for someone to leave doesn't mean you're not dedicated right. to your students. Like, I would feel like that's a, that's a sense of, of right. false guilt. I do think, though, like in thinking about, I think one of the things we need to think about as school leaders around this idea of teacher retention is what is it like to be in a school where you're asking, what does it look like where school leadership or even colleagues care for each other, which mm-hmm. goes a bit of, like, mm-hmm. what does care look like in this right. school? Which goes a little bit to the second question that they're asking, what is a good interview question? And one of the questions that I would be thinking related to this topic is, it, is tell me about your culture of care. Yeah. Tell me about what you do well in terms of caring for each other and tell me where gaps exist. Like, who cares for the teachers? Who cares for the school leaders? I'd, I'd want to know that. Right. Um, and so, so I want to be careful in saying to them, it depends on, on who you are and what you need and, right. and just to be honest. But but if you are going to remain remain in a place and you're going to dig in and like this is worth fighting for. And, and I do love that is there's it is virtually impossible to do that alone. Yeah. Like who are the people yeah. who are fighting for the same things yeah. Yeah. and surround yourself with them. Um, those life-giving people and say this, this is we're in the boat rowing for. the same way right? Right. Instead, right. Yeah. instead of what my friend would say or instead of the hole drillers yeah right putting the hole yeah. in the boat right and, yeah. Yeah. and so um yeah i would say surrounding yourself with the right people is a key part of this and every and and you they are there on that staff you might yeah. need you might have to build a relationship just like whole drillers mm-hmm. are going are gonna to be there. So, but, so one of our friends, Darren, uh, yeah. uh, tweeted just the other day, he has got an education thought every yeah. day, right? Yeah. And he'll tag people in it and stuff. 
And his was, uh, what are, what are, something along the lines of, what is your faculty doing that oozes joy? Yeah. And, and I yeah, love that, that, that yeah. visual imagery. Yeah. Okay, the science teacher and me is thinking slime. Yeah. And stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. oozing joy. And every staff has people who are oozing yeah. joy, right? And it leaves kind of this uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> trail behind them, yeah, right? Because yeah. they're, and I, that just captured my imagination, right? Like, I, I like to think of us as people like that among yeah. our, our colleagues here, too. And not that we've, I mean, we've got a really positive culture here yeah. in our department and all that. Yeah. But what are we doing that's that's prompting that, that's, mm -hmm. that's yeah. leaving that, um, you know, on, on our Cultural colleagues. dust. <laughs> Cultural. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way of thinking yeah, about it. Right? Yeah, like, just to say, like, and... And that, that also would be a, a great interview question. What do what what does it look like when people ooze joy or what brings joy? But I but I also like and I've mentioned this before, my friend Danny, his his line above his door is a sign above his door that also says choose joy. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right? And there are days where you have to you have to choose it to yeah. say, you know, like like is it there are hard days, there are long days, physically spent, you're emotionally spent, you don't have much to give. And some days, and some days you have to choose joy. And I think, in addition, to be in a place at times where it's okay, even as a teacher, to not be okay. That doesn't mean you have to yeah. be down in the dumps. That doesn't right. mean you got to be complaining about everything. But it's also okay. Yeah, just uh, today's a melancholy day, and that and yeah. that's actually okay. Like to ooze joy when you can, but on the days when you don't, even how do you manage those emotions, right? right? That it, right. it doesn't need to be all or all or nothing. Like I'm all in or I'm two minutes away from quitting sort right. of thing, right? Yeah. How do you create safe space for yourself and even for your students yeah. to be like, yeah, no, this is, it's just this kind of day and actually that's okay. Yeah. That, that's and I think, okay. I think now too, we can't discount the power of virtual relationships in yeah. supporting each other yeah. as well. Like I'm thinking about com educators with common beliefs or common passions of yours that you can connect with virtually, right? Because I know a lot of teachers who are the only science teacher sure. yeah. at right. their school, right? And having a support network of other science teachers yeah. that yeah. they can reach out to on Twitter or in another virtual format. Or mm -hmm. I found a ton of support in my graduate cohort, right? Like oh, yes. groups that you're put in or that you can otherwise virtually interact with that can act as those people who nourish you as well. Yeah, this, this is such a myth somehow that like because it's a virtual relationship yeah. that it's not real, right. right? And I think that that's a real shortcoming of our language that we talk yeah. about, like because mm -hmm. it's online that makes it virtual somehow. Like, no, you can have very yeah. real, supportive, kind, mm -hmm. encouraging friendships, uh, mm -hmm. even at a distance. Right. Okay. Oh, I, I think about that. I mean, I share, I've shared with you guys earlier, right? I was part of a cohort when I was doing my, my doctorate. I, I finished that six, seven, uh, five, six, seven years ago now. And I haven't seen those people since, since the day I left. And we, we still have a, a text conversation. And it's life-giving for me. We're checking yeah, in with right. each other. And so, yeah, find those, find those people on your campus. But mm -hmm. also, hey, who are the people in your life, whether they're your face-to-face -face or, in, or in different areas, that are, that are life-giving? And I think yeah. to be, yeah, to be... To be really blunt, to be honest about looking at your relationships and say, like, what are the life-giving relationships that we pour into each other? And are there relationships where I'm pouring in and I'm actually not getting anything back? Because that takes a lot of energy, too. And, sure. and being able to set good boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is a skill I still haven't mastered. Yeah. But and for all of us to keep right. growing in that. Yeah. Can you talk about that for a second, Abby? Like, yeah. I'm just thinking about So we have this question from a couple of our students. Yeah. They're thinking about going into the profession. 
and this idea of setting professional boundaries. Can you because because again, how do you? I'm thinking about that phrase in terms of like the the you know maybe some of the people on our staff who are like no like I'm I'm leaving at four no matter what, and there's mm-hmm. some people who are there to six, and and on the one hand there's something. Yeah, look at these people who are so dedicated. But, but there's also something about being able to set a boundary at times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think I have it figured out. But yeah. no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But but just being able to say right because you're right. If you don't have anything to give, yeah. right? If you are, so there's 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 times you need to stop, right? Or there's yeah. there's relationships that you need to say no, I can't do that today, right? You need to know where to say, I am not ready to commit to that until I put something else down. Or, you know, knowing your own time. Um, Even boundaries with students as far as what you carry emotionally, right? I think Mm -hmm. there's some, like, teaching adolescence, I think there's the potential for you're going to know things that are going to, that you're going to carry, Right. Right? Yeah, right. Um, about students and about their lives and to be able to give that to God in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. And carry it appropriately, right. but not get yeah. sucked well, into that yeah, in an unhealthy I, way. I think even there, like to try to discern like what is mine to carry. Right. Yeah. And yeah. what is mine what is mine not to carry? Or to right. be able to say, who are the other professionals like yeah. professionals in yeah. the building yeah. I, can, I can't help you with that but we yeah. have a wonderful school counselor you mm-hmm. need to talk mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. need to get that help mm-hmm. right to not that doesn't mean you don't in fact you do it because you love that right, stu- you right. Love it's not that, that you student. don't care it's that you care enough to point them in, point them in, yeah, in the right direction, direction. Yeah. And I think that's one of the hard things about setting boundaries the, the work of teaching is often very consuming for us because yeah. mm-hmm. to do this work well like it's it's hard like when, when we're during work hours we're almost always with the students and so how do you prepare how do you give feedback all, all those other pieces of it and so to kind of right size that work this is something that I'm continuing to grapple with 20 some years into mm-hmm. this right and uh, yeah so small things but like committing to saying yes I will respond to emails within 48 hours yeah actually I try to do it within 24 hours right yeah. but but yeah. To, to give yourself be, some leeway there right? And, and to be realistic about yeah. what I can actually accomplish. And yeah. so for me, that means I'm not going to get my laptop out every night when yeah. I'm at home. Now, that's a privileged place for me being here at this point in my mm-hmm. career to be able to say that, right? When I taught in K-12, yeah, like, yeah. you got to check in. And there's planning work. And I always brought a stack of papers home with me every night, yeah. right? There's the, that's just kind of the quality of the work. And Do you ever bring them home and then not touch them? Oh, yes. Do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sad but true. <laughs> just to make myself just, just, just to make myself feel better. I pull my bag whether they're or not. in my bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could grade them if I wanted to. I never did that, but thanks for sharing that. No, I'm just I'm kidding. No, but I think about if I think about even if I think about boundaries, right? It is it's around all those things of being able to say how how much when is it good enough how much mm-hmm. is enough right? right right this comes back to what you're saying about flourishing right like if i'm not thriving as a teacher mm-hmm. are my students yeah. going to be thriving there comes a point where i think don't feel bad about taking care of yourself for the sake of your students like this idea of of i want to do what's you know we just want to do what's best for students absolutely but actually sometimes what's doing best for students is doing what's best, best for the teachers. teachers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? That those things are not mutually exclusive That's actually. Right. And and I know I've been there as a principal. I just 
I just want to give students the best experience they can in our school. Absolutely. Maybe doing that means taking care of the teachers. And I don't think I always understood that when I was a principal, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Let's shift to their second question, though, a little bit. Mm -hmm. A couple minutes here. Let's just brainstorm. What are, we've got college students or folks who are looking for a new position, maybe, in, in education. Uh, what's our best advice? The most important questions that we should ask during interviews, right? We often think interviews, it's like the people who are hiring us mm -hmm. are asking us a lot of questions. But I think this is a really great insightful question for them. Mm -hmm. What should we be asking when, we, when we're coming in for an interview? What do you think? Oh, I think something around how a staff collaborates, right? Or, mm. or takes advantage of the expertise in the building, right? Yeah. I would want to know, you know, is there, are there in-services where we're working together on projects? Are there places where, you know, someone who has knowledge can speak into are there opportunities for that because mm -hmm. um, I think a place that like kind of connecting to what we were just talking about takes seriously the expertise of their teachers yeah. is a place that I would want to work mm. yeah I I would say I don't know if I'd ask it this way although I've always wanted to is is <laughs> what evidence is there to convict you of your mission statement Ooh. so like I would want to know like this is what you know if a, if a if a mission vision statement is a promise statement um how do you keep that promise to parents in a tangible way like show me where this how this lives itself out i think questions about self-care that's what i was um, going to bring i think yeah. is like what do you what do you how do you build community outside of the outside of the school building yeah. do your do your does your staff play together do mm -hmm. they know them do they know themselves do they know each other only as teachers Right. Or do they know know each other as people? And I know people have different opinions on that. Like they're yeah. they are ready to walk away, and like I love these people, but I also I, I get all that. But it's yeah. a, still a good question um, to ask. I mean, how about you, Dave? Like you said, self care, and that's what I'm thinking a lot about these days. And I guess I'm just looking at this. I see so many folks, especially on Twitter, who are people who've been teaching for years. Yeah. You know, six, yeah. eight, ten, twelve years, and they're saying, I think I'm out, yeah. and that. I worry. I worry yeah. about that. And so to, to be willing to ask that question, like, what what are the actual expectations on me as yeah. a teacher mm -hmm. in this school? And and to be willing to ask yeah. that question and to hold yeah. the school to it. Hey, you said this was the expectation yeah. for me. Yeah. And if I'm going to be expected to do 50 hours mm -hmm. of work and get paid for 40, yeah. then I need to know that coming in, right? Yeah. Um, that's... Yeah. And that's not easy. I understand the pressures that school leaders are under, yeah. and, and it's it's a hard thing. But I'm also thinking about this realistically. We, I think we need to do better. I, I mean, as a culture, we need to do better mm -hmm. in, in how we're supporting and caring for teachers. No, I, I agree. I, I just think it's, I think it's something that I don't know that we've always thought too intentionally about before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think it's important more, I think it's important more than ever. And I would encourage our young teachers to not, to not be afraid to ask those questions. Like yeah. I sometimes think we can be in a place, especially if you really want the job or you right. need it, you right. know, that you're like, I, I don't want to ask anything what you might think is controversial, but I think if you put high value on that and that's part of your makeup and what you're looking for in a school, ask those questions you you want the you want to get the best information you can to make the best decisions right. possible and mm -hmm. so there if i think about all the times that i was asked questions by teachers in interviews i can't think of one time where someone asked me a question 
where I thought, like, I can't believe they asked that. Yeah. In fact, those hard questions, I, I appreciated them because it's like, man, they are really thinking about this job. Right. And if they're thinking about right. these questions just for this job, you know, like, how intentional are they going to be in the rest of right. their work? Right. Yep. So, so I, I, man, if people would come and say, I don't have any questions, I'd actually get nervous about that. <laughs> yeah. what do you, like, you're going to make a life-changing decision and you have yeah. no questions? Right. So... Kudos to our students who come asking yeah, questions. Right, no, right. 100%. I, that's why, like, and I want to commend, I want to commend the students who are asking this question. I, yeah. And I mean this, and take it out. I love that you're thinking about that. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. But but ask ask harder questions than easier questions. Yeah. I, I think that's actually really, really important. Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank you for joining us in the hallway today. Thanks for the good, God-delighting work that you're doing, and we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of this week. Finally, we'd like to send you into your day in this week with a blessing. So to our listeners and our students who we are so thankful for, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.